The Church Media Podcast, episode 153, Secrets to Dynamic Communication with Ken Davis, part one. Let's do it. This is the Church Media Podcast. The definitive podcast for helping you create dynamic experiences and build solid media production teams at your church. Exclusive interviews and church media training from the best minds in ministry and Christian entertainment. Useful, practical content in the areas of audio, lighting, video, stage design, volunteer culture, and more. Broadcasting from the ministry headquarters of 1230 Media, here's your host, Carl Barnhill. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm Carl. I hope you enjoyed our three-week Christians in Media Marathon. It was kind of a a big three-part celebration of our 150th episode of the show. If you missed it, we shared interviews with some of the best producers, performers, and directors in the faith-based space. Interviews with director Alex Kendrick, Movie Guide CEO Ted Baer, Pure Flix Entertainment CEO Michael Scott, Comedians Victoria Jackson and Mark Lowry, director John Irwin, and others. We packed three interviews in every week. So if you need to catch up, if you missed them, you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or listen on our website at thechurchmediapodcast.com. Really, really good stuff. Go back and and catch up uh, if you missed those episodes. And if you haven't noticed, the podcast has gotten a little bit of a facelift. We've updated our logos and graphics changed a few little elements of the show to keep things fresh, so we hope that you are enjoying that. Uh, Today we are starting another three-week series on the show, this time with a serious powerhouse in the topic of communicating and public speaking. Ken Davis will be joining me starting today. Uh, Ken is a best-selling author, speaker, entertainer, entrepreneur. Uh, His business partner for years was life coach Michael Hyatt, who you might have heard of, Ken has decades of experience in teaching others the SCORE method, S-C-O-R-R-E, the SCORE method of communicating to audiences of all sizes. We'll walk through every single bit of that method over the next three weeks. And one reason why we do these episodes in parts over a few weeks is this. We are getting guys and ladies on the podcast now that are in-demand speakers and experts. They are so gracious to spend an hour or more of their time with me uh, and are giving you the content that others are paying sums of money to get at their speaking engagements and conferences. Uh, So we're getting courses, basically, of practical content absolutely free on the show. So we want to spread those out over uh, two or three weeks to give you all of that content. So in today's interview with Kim, we introduce you to the SCORE method and give practical tips to any speaker, teacher, preacher, uh, communicating in a worship experience or anywhere. Our goal here is to help you transform your worship experience. So we're talking about every single aspect of your worship service, audio, lighting, video, stage design, volunteers, speaking, leadership, all that good stuff is packed in every week. All right, let's get to it. Ken Davis is up first. Check out this church media tip from my friend Kim Porter at the River Church. And now, your church media tip of the week. Useful tips and tricks to help you transform the worship experiences at your church. Hey guys, Kim Porter here from the River Church with my tip for you this week as you lead your teams. 
Let your young leaders fail. If the leaders you're developing never have a chance to fall on their face, they will never get a chance to learn from their mistakes. I'm not saying let them do something crazy or stupid, but if you pass stuff off to them and something messes up, great. Perfect time for a teaching moment. We must allow for failure when developing people. Encourage your young leaders to take calculated risks when it's appropriate. You yourself know that you have gained the most wisdom and experiences through your mistakes. Failing with you there as their mentor allows them more confidence to not make the same mistakes when the stakes are higher. Get more free coaching for your production team through our blog, podcast, and online resource library. Visit 1230.media slash training today. This is an exclusive interview from the Ministry of 1230 Media. Here is church media coach Carl Barnhill. Best-selling author, frequent radio and television guest, and one of the country's most sought-after inspirational and motivational speakers, Ken Davis's mixture of side-splitting humor and inspiration delights and enriches audiences of all ages. His daily radio show, Lighten Up, is heard on over 1,500 stations around the world. His podcast, The Art and Business of Public Speaking, is a go-to resource for anyone who wants to be a professional communicator. Ken, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you, Carl. It's a privilege. Now, I really want to uh, dive into the score process, and I was telling you before we uh, started recording that our mission at our ministry, 1230 Media, is to help churches transform their worship experiences. So major pieces of a worship experience include stage announcements and preaching, teaching, communicating. It's a huge chunk of our worship experiences. So I'd like to dive right in and, and kind of have you set us up here. Most people are terrified of public speaking. So where do you start when you're teaching people how to become better communicators? What's your starting point? Well, if you're talking about um, getting rid of the terror part of it, there are a couple of elements that are central to our teaching that uh, really help with that. The first element is this, and we'll get into this much more uh, deeply, I think, probably as the interview goes on. The the most important thing in communication uh, is not the dynamic of communication. In other words, I I used to think when I first started teaching that it was about dynamics. You've got to be enthusiastic. You've got to use, uh, you know, great illustrations, whatever it might be. But it's what, what I call the purpose of communication, that the communicator begin, as uh, Stephen Covey said, with the end in mind, that you know exactly what you want to accomplish with your communication. If you know that, and if when you step to the stage, you have an absolute grasp on how you're going to get to that objective, then it takes a lot of the fear out of it. But there's one more step that takes fear out of communication, and that is understanding from before you begin your preparation for whatever message or piece it is you're about to uh, present, this isn't about you. I have had so many communicators whose number one thought is, how will I do? What will they think of me? Uh, you know, h- how well will I perform? It isn't about you. Any 
excellence in performance and the excellence in preparation is aimed at transforming lives. It's about the people who are listening to you. And when a communicator uh, thinks in terms of providing a service instead of getting a response, it changes the whole um, it changes the whole feel of that communication piece. So if we're talking about overcoming fear, then it aims directly at what our mission is all about, and that is teaching people to prepare with crystal clear focus and, and deliver with clarity and change lives with power. And you've you've teamed with uh, Michael Hyatt uh, quite a bit the last few years, and, and uh, you guys uh, run the SCORE conference. And so tell me... Uh, maybe back us up a few years. How how did you guys develop the score process, and how did that come about? Well, I'll take you ahead a few years. Michael has gone on to do his own yeah. uh, his uh, has his own work that just took off like a shot, and yeah. we are no longer doing the conference together. That that was a very um, uh, what would you say, amiable parting. He just got so busy doing what he was doing that he uh, had to focus completely on that. But over 30 years ago, someone asked me a question. How is it that you speak at high school assemblies to Fortune 500 company CEO uh, folks? Um, you preach in churches. How is it that you do all of these forms of communication and you still get invited back. What What is the secret? What is the secret of what you're doing? I was embarrassed by the question because back then, it's, as you know, Carl, it was not considered, um, what would you say, it was not considered appropriate to say, well, part of it is a gift. And I have to admit yeah. that part of it is a gift. But I also, I, I was embarrassed because I didn't know the answer. All I knew was that I was able to do it. But the question got me thinking about uh, maybe there's people asking this kind of question, and I need to discover what it is. My first response, Carl, was uh, that it's the dynamics. Uh, I love listening to people whose face and body and voice match the enthusiasm or the excitement or the power of the message they're trying to deliver. You know, you, you can't, we've gone way past the time when we can deliver the good news of Jesus with a face that looks like we swallowed a, 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 a toad that's been sweating for three days. Um, I want to tell sometimes people who deliver that kind of a message with a sour face, you need to send missionaries to your face. Your face hasn't yet received the good news. So I thought it was dynamics. But in our research, and as we began to develop this, this workshop over 30 years ago, uh, we presented uh, how to use humor. We presented how to – there's a, actually a session in there called How to Make Your Body Talk, meaning, meaning um, you know, allow your gestures and your face and everything to really be powerful examples of whatever it is you're saying. And we also included a short – little uh, class in there. One of the sessions was on communicating with crystal clear focus. Some of my heroes are Haddon Robinson, and there was a professor at Trinity University, and I'll think of his name before our interview is over, and, and they had written about this importance of having a singular 
uh, a singular outcome that you've thought about ahead of time, a singular outcome that was presented in the scriptures, and we did that in our first uh, workshop. We got, Carl, overwhelming response from that workshop, thanking us for teaching us all those dynamic things. But uh, without a single exception, everyone said that the most helpful thing was the system that we put together, which is called the SCORE system, that helped them prepare with focus, that helped kept them from rambling, that kept them from going on and on. And the result was people were responding to whatever call of action was. People were responding to um, the message like they never had before, because they understood the message. It wasn't just a series of stories or a series of scriptures. It was a presentation with a specific objective that the audience was made aware of, and then they could respond to that objective. So that's how it started, and it started 30 years ago. Uh, only um, it was aimed at people in ministry, youth ministers, and um, pastors and, uh, you know, people who were involved in religious organizations. And, and there were folks from, from corp the corporate world that uh, began to get word about this. And now we have a complete cross-section of people who attend our, our SCORE conference. Well, man, I love that. I was reading your, your book, and I do want to mention that, the, the Secrets of Dynamic Communication. And I want to encourage everybody to pick up this book because it walks people through that process. And, and I want to deal with it in our time together today um, and kind of walk through each element of it. But it's, it's fleshed out in detail in the book. And as I was preparing for our time together, it was just so rich with information that I know that, um, as you said, pastors, youth pastors, speakers, communicators of any kind— um, can really drill in and, and use this method to stay focused in their talks. Um, so I, I want to drill into the three kind of sections of the SCORE process, the preparation, presentation, and application. Um, so let, let's start with, with preparation. What is the, the most important gr ingredient to preparing a presentation? To discover the most important, to discover what your objective will be. And sometimes that comes from reading a text from Scripture, carefully considering what the, what the objective of the author was, um, and then determining what part of that you want to be your objective here. Uh, years ago, there was a man by the name of Gordon Fee who talked about exegesis of Scripture, and he said, basically, if preaching, uh, if we talk specifically about preaching, is just a regurgitation of your study, it's as boring as dust. <laughs> but instead, you pull truth from there, and you expand on that truth. Haddon Robinson put it this way, it's a, uh, a sermon isn't buckshot, it's, it's a single, what he called, a big idea. Hmm. And, and here's what's interesting about Haddon Robinson. Haddon Robinson was gifted in knowing what the big idea was. And there were people who studied under him, and there were people who were his, uh, you know, protégés of him that... that believed in the big idea, but unlike them, uh, unlike him, they were not naturally gifted to come to what that big idea was. And that's what we teach as the most important item in preparation. Now, you may not start with that. 
It may start with the scripture. It may start with a series. It may start with a single issue that your congregation or your audience is dealing with, and you want to help them solve that problem. And so you work through your speech to determine those pieces, those, as we call them, rationale, that will unmistakably lead your audience to that conclusion. We also discovered quite quickly, uh, by the way, the, the man that was the professor at Trinity University was Lloyd Perry. He wrote a book called A Manual, A Manual, not a manual like Jesus, but A Manual for Biblical Preaching. And, of course, Haddon Robinson's book was entitled Biblical Preaching. But um, it was typewritten, and it was just brilliant. And it talked about the fact that you that you, um, you you really have to determine that direction. It was it was so important, and you can start at any place in the score process. Score is an acronym, by the way. Yeah. It stands for choosing a subject, determining what your subject will be, uh, and that'll come. Uh, a a passage of scripture may have several subjects, and so many times we try to cover all of them. Uh, I hope your listeners will forgive me. I'm a bit of a squirrel guy when it comes to thinking. But I have spoken at several seminaries across the country and several uh, uh, schools, uh, speaking situations, uh, college classes. And in in speaking at one seminary, a man responded and said, well, the three-point sermon is dead. And I said, no, no, it's not. A good three-point sermon isn't dead. The problem is we don't have three-point sermons anymore. We have uh, six-sermon sermons, followed by another sermon called <laughs> In Conclusion, and then a final sermon called The Closing Prayer, where you put the stuff in that you missed in the other six sermons. Um, so many of them are rambling, and, and nobody... If somebody will take something out of it, they will remember an illustration or they'll remember one particular part of Scripture. And the Holy Spirit is working overtime, sweating profusely, to bring to some heart some peace from this. But I believe what God wants is for us to, to speak with crystal clear clarity. And so the most important thing I have to go back to again is focus. There are more elements I hope we'll talk about. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. Um, that it, that is the most important of the uh, of the. Eventually, when you step to the stage, you have to know what you want to accomplish, and how you're going to accomplish it. And I started to say this before. Here's what we discovered early on: that any presentation you give will have an objective that is either persuasive in nature or enabling in in nature. Mm. Either you will be persuading an audience to take action, to consider a belief or a thought, or you will be enabling an audience to overcome some obstacle, or perhaps even to take the steps of faith, whatever it might be, but not both. And then something else thrown in as well. So that that's kind of where I, I run out of breath and take a deep breath for a second and wait for the next question. <laughs> uh, so uh, I love how you say uh, you, you've said this before that it's not enough to be exciting and dynamic. It's all, it's really all no. for nothing if the audience can't remember what was communicated. Um, and That's so, right. so you what, know, yeah, a, man, 
I've got to tell you, I got to tell you this before it leaves my mind. There's a, there's a man called J. H. Jowett who wrote a book, The Life and Ministry of the Preacher. He was a professor at Yale University, and this is so true today, uh, in in today's world, and in uh, with some of the thinking that goes on in today's culture, and particularly among some of the younger people who have come out of college. And it's this: never mistake. Um, uh, oh, I'm going to have to. <laughs> I hate when this happens to me. <laughs> Don't mistake this idea of creativity for profundity. Hmm. Don't mistake making things just really exciting and creative for profundity. And never mistake lucidity, he said, with shallowness. There's almost the idea that if people get it, it's not clever enough. And, um,. This guy was an amazing, amazing guy. He said, "Unless he said, unless you can express the crystal clear objective of a message in a single, pregnant sentence, you aren't ready to write it out. You aren't ready to you aren't ready to do anything until you know exactly what you want to accomplish in a single sentence." And what we do in our in our uh, uh, programs is teach people how to write that ugly, nasty little sentence that becomes the foundation of beautiful structures of communication. That's what I was going to ask you. What are some tips for determining our objective when we speak? How do we determine our why or or that that target that we're after? Yeah. Now, I think that sometimes that objective is assigned to you. Here's what I want you to speak on. It is certainly determined by if uh, if you're a pastor, it is determined by the passage of scripture that you're that you're going over. You don't you don't twist Scripture to fit your own objective. You discover what the objective of the author was, and then you deliver that objective. Um, it's also determined by the needs of your audience. Um, the, after 9-11, almost no preacher in the country preached the message they had prepared. Mm. They preached a message that dealt with what their congregation was going through. And, and there may be something that happens in the church that desperately needs to be addressed. And, um, it, but most of all, it is audience-centered. It meets the needs of the audience. It is Scripture-centered. It is true to whatever the passage of Scripture and related passages of Scripture are talking about. We used to get some pushback because um, there were topical sermons, Sermons on love, sermons on marriage, same topics that the Scripture deal with. And uh, there was some pushback from some very famous pastors across the country that it wasn't the exegetical kinds of messages that they felt were the only legitimate messages. But if the Scripture talks about a topic and you present the truth that is is presented throughout Scripture on that topic— then it's just as legitimate as if you take a portion of Scripture and move through it word by word, uh, sentence by sentence, and help people understand it. In reality, that's more like a Bible study, a deductive Bible study, than it is a preaching message. And both of them are very valid, and it's possible that you can use a combination of both. Right. Uh, you started earlier kind of walking through the acronym of SCORE. So S is subject, 
let's kind of walk through uh, what each of those stand for, and then we'll drill into each as we go. So what it, what is okay. C-O-R-R and E stand for? Yes. We actually have two C's in there, too. Right. Um, uh, our, our score, two R's, I'm sorry, two R's. Mm-hmm. Uh, the subject is the overall idea. Let's, let's, let's assume that the overall subject is love. Okay, we'll start with something that is uh, very easy uh, to look at. The overall subject is love. You could preach an entire year on love, and some people do in one Sunday. Um, uh, but that isn't the objective. What aspect, the central theme, the C in score, what aspect of love are you going to talk about? Very specifically, very pointed. Uh, it's almost true that the more narrow the, the um, central theme, the more powerful the message. How to show love to your neighbor. How to love someone who is unloved. Why you should consider that love is the main strength of leading other people to Christ. Some, one of those is persuasive, the other two are enabling, but they aren't just a big subject on love. If a student comes home from a youth group and their mom says, uh, what did you talk about uh, t- uh, tonight? And the student says, sex. Well, the parent's going to do a double-take, and there's going to be a conversation here, Mm. because that's the broad subject. But if the student says, tonight we talked about how to remain sexually pure in this culture today, the parent has an understanding of what was talked about. That's the central theme. The objective is, uh, so so the, the subject and separate central theme represent what the speaker wants to talk about. And if I can pause just a moment here and say this, that's where it ends for most people. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is the audience doesn't care what the speaker wants to talk about. They don't care what you want to talk about. That's why I encourage all of our speakers never to start a presentation with, I want to talk about. Nobody cares. (laughs) But if you start the presentation with a declaration of, and you don't always have to start this way, but if you let them know that you're going to, if you let a teenager know that you're going to show them how to be pure in a, in a culture that doesn't encourage purity, uh, they want to know what this is about. They want to move forward with it. So the objective is determining why you want to talk about these things. And that has to relate to some benefit to the audience, either enabling them in some way or leading them or persuading them to some action that will, that will affect their lives. Otherwise, they're not interested. We make this statement about the objective. The only time communication happens is where the circle of what you want to talk about intersects with the needs of the audience. Mm. That's where communication happens. Then the first R stands for resources. Or, I'm sorry, for rationale. Yeah. What are the rationale? These are used, used to be called the points of the speech. But it can be more than just one, two, three. What are the rationale? What are the steps that people can take? What are the, and we, this, this plural noun I'm talking about here is, uh, it'd be hard to get into it in this particular 
context, but it's something that we teach is so important. What are the tactics that can lead to victory? in overcoming something in our life, what are the, whatever, whatever it might be. What are the elements of a single story? Haddon Robinson was the strongest narrative preacher I have ever met in my life. Hmm. And many people tried to emulate him, but he was so skillful at taking the elements of a single, telling a single story. And at the end, he didn't have to tell people what point he was trying to get at. The elements of the story led people to the point. Hmm. And so that's rationale. It is the structure of the speech. In uh, We have a one-day workshop that we divide up this way. A good talk is a uh, talk that has a purpose, a plan to get to that purpose, and passion in presenting that purpose. Hmm. The second R stands for resources, and that's where the dynamics come in, uh, not physical dynamics or, or voice dynamics, but illustrations right. that take the truth and, and light it on fire. I, I, I uh, lived in Colorado for 30 years, and there's a city and county building that is one of the most amazing structures I've ever seen. And thousands of people drove by it every day, never even glanced at it. I have I have pictures of this on my on in our class. It's just a big building, but it is gorgeous. At Christmas time, they put lights on it, different colored lights, and you couldn't drive on that road because there were too many cars parked taking pictures of what had been there all along. But now they were attracted to it because there was light on it. That's what resources do. Uh, uh, other aspects of scripture, stories, illustrations, video clips, whatever it might be, that take a truth and suddenly bring it to life. I was gonna. I was gonna. And inter- then, of course, the final. Sorry, I was gonna. Go inter- I was gonna interject here and also say, in our context of creating worship experiences, you mentioned video illustrations. I would also say props, set pieces, things like that. Would you agree? Anything yes. that could illustrate yeah. your your point. Um, and I think this is yeah. where media guys can come in and help a communicator with that portion, with that resource portion, um, and, and helping That's them exactly maybe flesh right. out some of those things. That, 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 is, that is so true. The final E is evaluation, and, and that is, and we probably won't talk a whole bit about that, except that you should never deliver a talk and then never look at it again. You should watch it as soon as you can, listen to it as soon as you can, whatever it might be, to find those things that distract from the objective. Now, if I can back up just a little bit yeah. and say that this is, a pro- this is not a gimmick process. Early on in my career, I wrote a book, How to Speak to Youth and, and Keep Them Awake at the Same Time. It was reviewed by one of my friends at Youth Specialties, and he said it, he, he was very kind, but he said this part about speaking with an objective, he said that part uh, we don't need to listen to. Uh, Jesus spoke without an objective all the time. Uh, you had to peel me off the ceiling. Mm. I met with him for coffee, and I said, uh, our, Jesus never opened his mouth without an objective. When would you ever talk without a purpose? Yeah. And he said, sometimes we're just giving information. Sometimes we're just presenting information. And my question to him was, why? And he couldn't answer me. I'm a student of philosophy, and I knew I had him trapped. Mm-hmm. 
Because if he tells me why he's given the information, suddenly he is giving me his objective. Right. And if he says to me, there is no reason for giving the information, then there's no reason for giving the talk. This has been an all-access interview from 1230 Media. For more interviews, training, and exclusive content for your production team, visit 1230.media slash training. Whether you are one who speaks only on rare occasions or if you find yourself addressing an audience every day, Ken Davis's book, Secrets to Dynamic Communication, will be an invaluable tool for you. Beneficial to the experienced pro as well as the new beginner, Secrets of Dynamic Communication is a practical and effective handbook for powerful presentations of all kinds. It takes the reader through the process of selecting and developing a theme, giving it focus, fleshing it out, and communicating well with an audience. The first half is devoted to preparation, and the second half of the book is devoted to the delivery of your talk. Author Ken Davis is frequently hired by individuals and companies around the world to bring his humor and expertise to others in the speaking field, and he is now bringing those concepts to a wider community as well through this book. No abstract theories here, only step-by-step help in preparing and delivering speeches that get results. Secrets of Dynamic Communication, available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. For additional resources for you and your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com. That's thechurchmediapodcast.com. You can click on episode 153 for show notes for this episode. Why not? It's free. On the next Church Media Podcast. Next week on the show, we'll continue our three-part series with Ken Davis. We'll walk through more of the score process and also talk through how to deliver your content to your audience more effectively. Be here next week for that. Well, thank you for listening to the show. We are one of the top church tech podcasts in the nation. And go out there, guys, and create some incredible experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. The Church Media Podcast is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media and produced by David Michael Hyde. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your team, visit thechurchmediapodcast.com.